It's good to be here with you. Um, if you're new, uh, you don't know me anyways. If you're not new, you probably also don't know me. Um, but I, so because, the reason is because I attend the church in Belmont most Sundays. Uh, but I still consider this family. We're all Mount Hope. We're all one family. And so if you're new, I just want you to pretend like you're here in like a big living room, uh, the family getting together, uh, spending some time with the Lord. Um, uh, I'm, I'm like really interested in how this day is going to go. I was looking forward to this service. It, you, the first service is always a little shaky because you know you got to end with enough time to let that, make sure you get that start of the second service and the room turned over. You guys are, you, you're my hostages today. Like it's, a, it's like 1136 and I haven't even started preaching yet. So uh, if you got lunch reservations, you should probably call, go in the hallway, call him like, maybe like to, he's like, is he serious? I'm just kidding. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have, we'll have a good uh, morning together and nobody will be late for lunch. Um, as Marvin said, my name's Andrew. Uh, I get to serve at this church in a couple different ways. The exciting way is, uh, one exciting way is with our young adult ministry, we have a ministry for people in their 20s and 30s. Some of you guys might not even know that. If you're here and you're in your 20s and 30s, we have a ministry uh, that meets every week on Wednesday nights in Belmont. Uh, and you are more than welcome to come and be a part of that. We would love uh, if you would join us to see what that community is all about. It's a lot of fun. And then I also uh, have been able to uh, start uh, more more recently and as a director of community life and kind of rethinking and redesigning uh, what it looks like to be disciples of Jesus here at Mount Hope. And so I'm excited uh, to share a little bit, uh, not, not today, but eventually what that will look like at this church. Uh, now, we're, we, if you've been following with us, we've been in this series called Good Dirt uh, for the last several weeks. And depending on your opinion of this series, I have good news or bad news for you. And that news is that I'm not really preaching on this series this morning. So uh, whether or not that's good news or bad news, I'll invite you to uh, join me in a word of prayer as we begin. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be here together as the family of God to be here together as a church community, and to hear from your word. So Lord, I pray that you will speak this morning, that all that, the only thing that comes out of, of our time together, Lord, is your truth. And I pray that that truth would penetrate our hearts and that it would transform us. It would transform the way that we think. It would transform the way that we feel, the things that we want, and that it would transform the things that we do. We give you this time, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to start by asking you, who here has ever set a New Year's resolution before? A little show of hands. New Year's resolution. If you don't know what a New Year's resolution is, it's a goal that you set for yourself on January 1st, and you give up around January 15th. Uh, really, just take a second. I, I, I love just hearing people's stories and seeing where people are at. Just take a second, share with somebody around you, what's the last New Year's resolution you ever set for yourself uh, in the last couple years? Take a second to do that. All right, now I'd like to see, I'd like to see by a show of hands, who here has ever like successfully completed a New Year's resolution before? Could put it up, put it up nice and proud because you're probably the only one who's ever done. We've got one there, we've got a couple. 
couple, get a little round of applause for the uh, people who are just better than the rest of us, apparently. Um, <clears throat> but if you've, if you've ever set yourself a New Year's resolution, you ever set a goal for yourself to grow, to improve, to change, to be better, you pretty quickly realize that uh, it's hard. Making changes in your life, setting goals for yourself and accomplishing those goals is difficult work. And if you've done that before, you, you've experienced what I like to call the change gap. And the change gap is the distance between who you are right now, who you are today, and the version of yourself that you want to be. That best version of yourself, the life that you wanted, the desire that you really want, the, the way of life that you really want to live. You've experienced that gap. And what, we've, what we find, this common experience, is that crossing that gap is always, tends to always be more difficult than we think it is. And I'll give you a quick example of uh, a change gap in my life. And, and it, it's a tradition that Rosemary, my wife Rosemary and I have every year. Uh, we take some time at the end of the year to do what we call the relationship inventory. And it takes us a couple of weeks, it usually takes us a couple of weeks, where we take this comprehensive look at our, at our relationship and our marriage, all these different aspects to see where we're strong in, where we're weak in, where we want to grow. And we set some goals for ourselves, both as individuals and as a couple. And uh, for the last two years in a row, uh, looking, shaping up like it's going to be three years, I have set the goal for myself to learn three worship songs on the guitar. 2020, I set that goal, 2021. And guess who still doesn't know how to play a single worship song on the guitar? <laughs> Me. The reason, it's not because I didn't have time. It's been, you know, coming up on two years. But there's something about crossing that gap that's challenging. On maybe a little bit of a more serious note, every year, Rosemary and I try to grow in our relationship with God. Every year, we want to get closer and closer to that life that God has called us to. Because if we're, we, we try and be brutally honest with ourselves, and sometimes we get into fights during our relationship inventory because we're so honest. But if we're honest with ourselves, the life that Jesus calls us to, if you follow Jesus, the life that he calls you to is a, that's a tough life. That's a difficult life to, to follow in. Jesus will say things like, uh, I, I'm, like in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now I want you to go to all nations, to all people, teach them the gospel, preach to them the good news of the kingdom, baptize them, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Basically, make more of yourselves. Make disciples who make disciples. He, I, there's, no, there's no scripture, there's no word of Jesus that says, when you, anyone who follows me, I just want you to go to church on Sundays. I want, you to, I, you know, I, I, I want you to pray before dinner. I want you to not say bad words. And if you do that, you, you've nailed it. I, wish it. I wish it said that. We'd all be in a really good spot if that was it. But, but he, he's, he's brutally honest with his followers because the, the life that Jesus calls us to is, is, is difficult. There's a big gap there. And even though Rosemary and I have been so intentional over these last several years, it's probably been six or seven years as we've been doing this. And uh, there's still, every year we get there and I'm like, man, that gap is still so big. Maybe we've gone, we've gone some distance and really we have. If you had met me a few years ago, you'd been like, that guy does not deserve to have that microphone <laughs> up there. But um, the gap is still big. The gap is still big. 
And there's a quote, I came across a quote as I was preparing for this message that I think uh, really kind of touches on this idea. It's from an American psychologist named Abraham Maslow. He says, in any given moment, we have two options. We can step forward into growth or we can step back into safety. And I think in this quote, he, he really well articulates the reason why making progress in this change gap, the reason why accomplishing our New Year's resolutions is so difficult because it's safer over here. We've, we've gotten really accustomed to our comfort zone. And to, to step forward into growth means to step away from that comfort zone into uncertainty, into risk. And let me tell you, we are a very risk-adverse people. We like build, build all these kinds of lives around security and stability. Sometimes following Jesus means stepping into stepping into uncertainty, stepping into something risky. And we are going to look at some scripture this morning that's going to uh, deal with that. But I I just want to say really quickly that if, if any of you here are like me, you feel the conviction of the, the change gap. I follow Jesus. I, I proclaim that Jesus is the Lord of my life, and yet, so often, I choose to live as the Lord of my own life. I choose to do the things I want to do, spend my time and my money the way I want to, and in, in one way or another, I ignore or just flat out disobey scripture. And maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're over here and you're struggling with a, 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 an addiction to sin. And every time you do that thing, you, you cry out and you promise God that was the last time I'm gonna try harder next time and I'm gonna be better and I'm gonna grow. And so you can be, uh, you know, you can be proud of me. Like we, if, if that's you and you feel this conviction, this morning, I want you to know that we've got good news. This is, this is a good news sermon for you this morning. If you feel convicted that there is a big gap between who you are now and who you know God wants you to be. And so we're going to look at some simple scriptures in the Gospel of Luke, uh, the beginning of chapter 8, uh, about this idea. So if you have a Bible with you, I would encourage you to open it up to Luke chapter 8. It says this, in verse 1, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now you may listen to that verse being read and think, what in the world does that have to do with me becoming a better version of myself? Uh, And we're going to get to that. But first, and this is a freebie, not even related to my sermon, just kind of came to me this morning. Uh, There's something special and important about what we learn in these verses. We learn something really interesting about Jesus' community group. This is really what it is. Jesus' community group, the the people that he spent his time with, we learn some interesting things. And the, the 
I think something that's so cool and powerful that comes out of these verses is that when God came to this earth, Jesus, God in a bod, got his community group together, he, he formed this group that was incredibly, incredibly diverse. He's got men and women in this group. He's got rich people and poor people in this group. He's got tax collectors and zealots. He's got Jews and non-Jews. Joanna, we, uh, who's named in this passage, is the wife of Cusa, who's like the head of Herod's household. So like we've got this huge mix of people that I guarantee did not get along. <laughs> like you can just read the gospels and you know that they didn't always get along. But there's something beautiful and special about how uh, when God brings people together, he brings people together from all different walks of life. And I think that that's gonna be really special as we uh, start to look at the discipleship. At, I'm like going off right now. This is gonna be a special, the discipleship at our church as we start to form these groups and stuff coming out of COVID, that these groups are gonna be diverse and they're gonna be beautiful. And there's something special about when we get to share in each other's experiences and different um, life events and wisdom that's really, really beautiful in the kingdom of God. And that has nothing to do with my message this morning. So let me get back to your regularly scheduled program. This, these verses really highlight the, uh, the, these women. The, the point of these verses, Luke adds these to really demonstrate that, the, the, you know, to teach us about these women and what they were doing in terms of Jesus' community group. And what we find about, what we find out about them is really very little, especially in the case of Susanna. This is the only time she's mentioned. All we know is what, what we can see in these three verses. And what we find out is that all of these women had a powerful uh, moment with Christ. All of these women had an encounter with Jesus where they were healed and delivered from an evil spirit or uh, some kind of disease in their bodies. And what we find out that they were they, once that happened, when that experience happened, when they were delivered by Christ, they took that first step out of their comfort zone, out of their safety zone, and they started following Jesus. They walked away from their lives. And we find out, I think it's really interesting that Luke mentions, these women supported the community group. They supported the ministry out of their own means. So these were women who weren't like walking away from, from really desolate you know, situations and circumstances. These were women who were walking away from like comfortable, cushy, first century American Israelite dream lives, right? Joanna had everything she could have wanted. She had the, the Israelite dream. She had a house with a yard. She had all kind, the, as many sheep and goats as she wanted. Her garage was filled with donkeys, she had good food on her table, but she chose to leave it behind. And the question that I ask is why? Why could these women so seemingly, so quickly leave their comfort zone, enter the change gap into this new lifestyle following Jesus? And I really believe as I've been seeking the Holy Spirit and, and trying to figure out what to preach, because if you just, like, Brian just gave me these verses of Scripture and was like, that's what you got to preach. And I was like, what? 
But as I, as, as I really sought the Holy Spirit in terms of what he wanted me to share, two words came out of this passage. I believe they're the most important words in these verses of scripture, and they're at the end of verse one. It says that the 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. These, this community group, they were soon outo in the Greek. They were with him. They were, they were so closely associated with him, it was like they were his shadow. This community group, wherever Jesus went, they went. It actually made me think of the, uh, of some, I'm sure some of you will know, the old Chris Farley uh, SNL skit with uh, Van Down by the River where he's talking to David Spade. He's like, there's you, there's me, there's you, there's me. And then he crashes into a table, but uh, that's what this group was. They were just shadowing Jesus. Wherever he went, they went. And I believe this is, this, this kind of unlocked the secret for uh, starting to close the change gap for me, um, at least in my own mind. And I hope that this is an encouragement to you, that these women they took the step out of their safety, comfortable zone, and they took that step of growth, just like Abraham Maslow talks about. But it wasn't a step that they took in a vacuum. And this is the most important thing that I want you to get. They, were, they took a step of, of follow. They, they, just, they just, like Jesus walked ahead of them and left footprints in the sand, and they just put their foot right where his foot was. And one foot and another foot, and they just started closing the gap because they followed Jesus. They were with him. And so for us today, living in this 21st century, living in a life where we know we want to be over there, the single most important thing that we can do to cross the change gap in our lives is to spend quality time with Jesus. So often when I find myself over here with a problem, like uh, learning how to play the guitar, I think to myself, all I need to do is set time aside to do this, to practice, practice and, and you know, what I found was that my fingers are very uh, soft. My skin is not, not uh, nearly sturdy enough to hold on to guitar strings for very long. Uh, but I, I find that my natural inclination, and maybe this is you as well, is to muster up some Herculean effort in my own life to try and accomplish the goal that I set out before me. And, and maybe that's you too. When, you, when it comes to a sin problem or some kind of change you want to make in your life, you think, all I got to do is try really hard. What we find in, in people whose lives have been transformed in Scripture, it wasn't because they tried really hard. It was because they spent quality time with Jesus. They walked with him. They were soon outo. And if we want to experience that same kind of closing the gap, it's incumbent on us to do the same thing. And so the question for us today is what does it look like for us to be with Jesus? In, in our day and age, Jesus isn't here walking around from Belmont to Woburn and, you know, Burlington and back again. So what does it look like for us to be with him? And as I thought about that question, I thought about my friend Nate, and I think he describes this concept perfectly. Uh, I haven't known Nate for very long, uh, and the, the, 
we actually got to meet each other through my wife, Rosemary, and her friend who ended up getting married uh, to Nate, actually just uh, last week. Uh, But Nate and I are workout buddies. So we spend time together in the mornings a couple times a week, and we lift weights uh, in his like really gross and dingy apartment basement in Cambridge. Uh, But I can't tell you how many times, I can't tell you how many times I've come up to his apartment, come into his kitchen to find him just like laser focused on his journal or in his Bible or just praying to the point where like he didn't even notice me come in. And so I just kind of like, you know, like very quietly close the door and like let him finish his thing before we, you know, get down and pump some iron. And it's crazy, like, we'll be down there, um, and he's, like, asking about his squat form, and I'm like, yeah, you just got to straighten your back up a little bit, and then somehow he, like, turns the conversation back into, like, what, like, how Jesus, like, spoke to him, you know, that morning, and I'm like, Nate, like, you're making me look bad, man, like, you like, I'm supposed to be, like, this, like, spiritual leader and pastor, and you're, like, blowing me out of the water, I'm like, just, you know, keep your core tight. And he's like talking about Jesus. I'm like, oh man. Um, But he didn't always used to be that way. Nate, uh, if you were to meet him, he he frequently and freely confesses that there was a long period in his life where he lived in total addiction to all kinds of drugs, alcohol, and he had all sorts of uh, insecurities related to self-image. And so he had an eating disorder and he walked in, like that was his place for a long time. But he met Jesus. And then he started walking with Jesus like Jesus was actually the answer to his problems, not him and his own efforts. And last Saturday, uh, you know, eight days ago, we got to go to his wedding and we got to listen to Tyler, his best man, give this, actually it was like a hilarious groomsman speech. Uh, But We got to listen to Tyler's story of how he got to meet Nate, which they met in college. And they're freshmen, and they're just like met at this club, and they're really excited. They just got to school. They're like, really want to make friends. And Nate's like, hey, I'm like an addict. Tyler's like, you are not going to make friends talking to people like that. Like, you are an idiot. And they they made a connection, and, and Nate confessed all these things to Tyler. And Tyler was like, why are you telling me this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And Nate said, I confess my sins so that people who are a part of my life can see when God delivers me from all of those things. And over the years that Tyler and Nate knew each other, through college and beyond, Tyler watched God deliver Nate from every single one of those addictions and insecurities. And I was stunned to be a part of this wedding and to listen to the stories of all these different people who Nate had, had like led to Christ very, very like intentionally. And Nate actually like stopped the wedding reception just to like preach the gospel for a little bit. Like, hey, if you were at the ceremony and you, you know, listened to those weird worship songs, you didn't know the words, like, you know, Don't feel bad because I didn't also know the words, but also like go talk to somebody because there's something way better in life than than this. And I look at Nate who, like this is a guy who doesn't confine Jesus to 20 minutes to 30 minutes at the beginning of his day. 
Okay, when we're talking about what it looks like to be with Christ in the 21st century age, with Christ for us today, I feel like all the, like lots of pastors, lots of leaders are saying like, have a daily quiet time, spend time with God, 15 minutes a day. I'm sorry, you guys, that's not enough. If you want to close, if you're serious about closing this gap, 15 minutes a day isn't gonna cut it. You need to let Jesus out of that box, out of that 15 minute time box, and let him come with you through the rest of your day. And that's what Nate does. He like walked me to my car after we work out. And like one time I like complained that my wrist was sore because it was really just an excuse for not like getting the weight up when I was bench pressing. And he's like, I'm just gonna pray for your wrist right now. I'm like, again, man, like seriously. Spontaneous prayer. And this guy's like always crying during worship. You could tell Jesus is just in his heart all the time. And I look at someone like that and I think that's what it looks like to really be with Jesus today. Now I wanna share another scripture with you because I think uh, this, can, this, this really uh, kind of transformed my v- mindset on this kind of stuff. Uh, I heard this, I don't know, it might have been several years ago. But uh, there's a verse in Psalms. It's Psalm 37 verse 4. It says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's an exciting verse for you to read because it's a little, little bit of a quid pro quo. Like, hey, if you do this, Jesus will do that. Whatever it means to delight yourself in the Lord, if you do it, you can ask the Lord and he'll give you what the desire of your heart is. And for the longest time, that's how I read this verse. But I don't think that's what this verse is saying at all. I think this verse has something way bigger to say to us, something that actually can transform your life and your heart. And that is that when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you invite Jesus into the rest of your day, into all of your days, and really enjoy that time with him, He doesn't just give you the things that you ask for. He doesn't just help you with your New Year's resolutions. He gives you desires to go in your heart. And as you spend more time with him, your desires and his desires start to look more and more like the same thing. And that's when the gap starts to close. And that's when you start to see change, when you start to look back and not even recognize that person that you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you new desires. That quote that I shared at the beginning of this message from Abraham Maslow, it's actually not the whole quote. Uh, He goes on to say, uh, I'll just read it again. In any given moment, we have two options. We can step forward into growth or we can step back into safety. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. When it comes to living with Christ, becoming a disciple of Jesus, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You, you, you got to be ready for the long haul. And what I would actually, I was thinking about this and praying about this. I think Maslow's onto something here, but I think he misses something because I think the greatest thing that we have to overcome 
for us today in, in closing the change gap it's not always fear. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes we got to step into something uncertain. We got to step into something unknown. I, I've known it before. I've done it before. I, was, I actually like felt God calling me to California, uh, and I lived uh, in my car for a little while just because like, I, I knew God wanted me here, but I was uncertain, and uh, it actually led me to here in Mount Hope, and I'd love to tell you that story, but I don't have time <laughs> this morning. Um, but not only do we have to overcome fear, frequently I think the thing that we have to overcome more is complacency. I think we live in a, a world of plenty. Especially here in America, we live in a world of comfort and luxury. And so many times we choose to hold on to that comfort and luxury instead of follow Christ into the place that he's leading us. And it's not like we just do it once and then we're good. But Maslow tells us we could have to do it again and again. But the beauty of walking with Jesus is that those steps, uh, they're not all the same difficulty. So you will go through seasons of trial um, and, and season, like good seasons, but the longer we walk with Christ, the more natural and easy it is for us to take those steps after he does and close that gap and to live the life that he called us to. Nobody here would say, I don't care if my life has any purpose. I don't care if my life is meaningful. We all wanna live important, we all wanna live lives that have impact and meaning. And maybe when we start over here, we've got one idea of what that life is going to be on the other side. But as we walk with Jesus, he starts to take us over here. He starts to take us over here. And we get this new vision of what that purpose-filled, meaningful life is. So I want to invite the worship team back up as we uh, close out this morning. If you've been feeling convicted or or discouraged because you are not where you hoped you would be or you're not where you want to be in your relationship with God. There's really good news for you today. That G, the, the, the way to make progress in that journey is by being with Christ. And that passage that I read earlier, or, or quote, I guess paraphrased earlier, uh, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus gives us this big call in our lives to go and share the gospel with all kinds of people. He ends it by saying this, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. If you make the decision to follow Christ in your life, Jesus is never far. As a matter of fact, whether or not you've made the decision to follow Christ, Jesus is never far. But for those of us who call him Lord, he sent his spirit to live inside of us so that we never have to be without him. And so the encouragement today, like I had, I had <laughs> so much more to this sermon. Partly I'm shortening it for, for uh, uh, all your sakes, but um, I really felt like the Lord really wanted me to settle on this. And so 
um, I had this whole part about how when you follow God, when you're with God, like you give what you've got and, and, and Jesus didn't have to coerce these women into giving him the, the finances for their ministry, but they just served. And I was gonna have this big push for us to be, to be engaged as volunteers, to join in places like New Life Home and all of these things. And you know, the truth is, if I just do that without this other piece, it's the same as just trying to summon up some effort to, to make changes on our own. And so my encouragement is, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Start by spending time with Jesus. Spend quality time with Christ. Watch how he transforms your desires, the desires of your heart. Then nobody's gonna have to ask you to serve because you're gonna be so eager. You're like, my desire, the heart, the desire in my heart is to serve. Nobody's gonna have to ask you to give because you're just gonna see needs and just like throw money at it. That's what it's like when you're with Christ, when you're following him. Remember that it's a marathon. You have to do it again and again. So my encouragement this morning, spend more time with Jesus. Make a better New Year's resolution. You can, you can make a New Year's resolution in August. There's no rule against that. And watch him transform your desires. Watch him close that change gap in your life. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for never leaving us alone, not even for a minute. thank you that your promises are true, that you are faithful, so that when you say you will be with us always, we can count on that. And I pray that you would go before us, that we would unlock the door from our quiet times and allow you to join us in the rest of our day, that you would actually lead us in our day, and that all we had to do was just follow in your footsteps. Change our hearts, Lord change our desires. Help us to want the things that you want. Help us to be the people that you want us to be, to live those kind of lives. And I thank you, Lord, for the community of faith, the the community of of believers that you you don't just call us to do this uh, on our own not even with your community group, but Lord, you called these people together in a a group, in an intimate group where people know things about each other, where people confess that they've got addictions to sin so that when God delivers them, your name gets praised. And so Lord, I pray for community to, to, to deepen in our church. And when we go through times of difficulty and struggle as we try to follow you or we try to be with you, Lord, may we rely on our community for support, encouragement, and love through the process. Help us to truly be people who are with you. Soon outo, every minute of every day. Pray all this in Jesus' perfect name.
Amen.